0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Zach Wilson. Today is Monday, December 12th. Coming up, the Missouri Secretary of State wants to crack down on which materials children can access in public libraries, and former library administrators are speaking out.
1: I think asking librarians to find a middle ground is tantamount to asking a doctor if it would be alright to scale back the Hippocratic oath, so that they're allowed to first do a little bit of harm before they move on.
0: But first, some headlines. All Missourians over 21 are now able to possess and use cannabis products after a new state law went into effect last week. But some users may prefer to keep their medical marijuana cards. According to the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, Medical cardholders will continue to pay a tax rate of just 4% on each cannabis purchase. Meanwhile, between state and municipal taxes, recreational users will pay as much as 9%. The amount of marijuana Missourians can possess in a 30-day period also depends on whether they are a cardholder. For medicinal users, 6 ounces of marijuana is the limit, while everyone else can only buy half of that amount. Some dispensaries around the state are also offering subsidies and shorter wait times to medical patients. Missouri lawmakers are considering dozens of bills dealing with education when they return to Jefferson City in January. As KCUR's Jody Fortino tells us, many of them deal with race and gender. At least four bills would restrict transgender athletes from playing on the sports teams that align with their gender. Several so-called Parents' Bill of Rights are seeking to give parents the right to review all kinds of school materials and opt out of lessons. Republican Senator Denny Hoskins of Warrensburg introduced a bill that would prevent the State Board of Education from allowing divisive concepts in schools. Similar bills have sought to restrict teaching about race and gender. The new legislative session begins January 4th, but many pre-filed bills never get a hearing. More after this. You
2: listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's going to be bumping. you got to be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive.
0: Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft has put together a proposal that would require the state library to certify how all libraries add to their book collections as a condition of receiving state funding. The rule also bars the use of state funds to buy any book deemed to appeal to the, quote, prurient interests of any minor. Additionally, it would prevent age-inappropriate materials from being displayed in areas used by young people. All this is creating a stir among librarians who are speaking out against the proposal, which is now open to public comment. Steve Kraske was joined by two librarians to discuss the topic on KCUR's Up to Date, Steve Potter, retired director of Mid-Continent Public Library, and Karen Hicklin, former director of the Trails Regional Library, which covers Johnson and Lafayette counties on the Missouri side of the state line. So, Steve uh, Potter, what do you make of this proposal?
1: Well, you know, it it really is very interesting. I mean, we kind of feel like this is government overreach. I think you did a nice job of outlining it. But when you talk about things like um, having a collection development policy in place, all 150 libraries in Missouri already have one. Having um, the ability to or a process for challenging materials in the library, almost all of them do. It's when you start getting beyond that that you, that you really begin to get into some questions about this. And, and the way I always like to um, sort of encapsulate this for people is that the, the secretary's uh, proposal really does cut to the core of intellectual freedom and the freedom to read. And I think the proposal is something that really can't be easily tweaked because um, he really is hitting at the core of what it means to be a librarian. I think asking librarians to find a middle ground is tantamount to asking a doctor if it would be all right to scale back the Hippocratic Oath so that they're allowed to first do a little bit of harm before they move on. Hmm. And and this is just completely unworkable for libraries.
2: Karen Hicklin, I'm wondering what you're thinking about this idea.
3: Well, I, I believe that Secretary Ashcroft, uh, once again, is reaching too far and trying to take the control that librarians have traditionally given to parents as to what their child could read and what they should be exposed to, they're taking that option away um, from parents. So many parents have different approaches to explaining sensitive issues to their children. I have known parents that wanted their children to be exposed to, uh, to anything that they thought would answer the questions that the kids had the kids had a question, they wanted it answered, and they wanted the books and other resources to be able to do that with. We have other parents that um, that prefer to discuss sensitive issues uh, at home with their kids, and that's absolutely fine. Libraries are public organizations. We are open to everyone in our community. We serve everyone in our community. And With the way we have our policy set up now, we address that issue, um, we make things available for people to use, and with this new rule, that's going to take those options away. And I I think that's very unfortunate for the parents um, uh, who who want to use books. To discuss things,
2: you know, Stephen Potter. I know there's a letter circulating among librarians objecting to these new rules. But is it fair to say that most librarians uh, are opposing this thing?
1: Um, Steve, I would be um, hard pressed to actually find um, librarians who are in favor. But it is hard to say. I mean, a lot of librarians don't feel like it's difficult for them to come out and say, you know, specifically because their state aid or their certification might be at risk now the letter that you referred to uh, drafted on November the 30th is actually was actually signed by a number of retired librarians mm. uh, several of us feel like we we have a little bit less um, you know skin in the uh, game but still v- care very passionately about this and uh, those who signed this uh, letter have, or, you know, ranging each one of them. I think there were 13 signatories. Each one has between 25 and 50 years of experience uh, working in libraries, kind of knows a thing or two about, about hmm. running a library. And, um, and, and in our discussion in, in putting this together, I don't think any of us said, Yeah, I kind of agree with this other side. We need to include this uh, yeah, but, and that's just not happening.
2: Well, we reached out to Secretary Ashcroft for a statement and are still waiting to get one. But Karen Hicklin, the secretary says point blank, this is not book banning. Do you agree with that?
3: I think it's book banning by another means. Mm -hmm. I think that the climate that we are in nowadays tends to bring out people who um, want to take advantage of their rights and to to express their opinion about materials, uh, which is fine because libraries have always given them that opportunity.
2: Stephen Potter he also said this. Uh, I'm quoting here: There are materials that should not be at the train table where a five and six year old are playing with Thomas the Train, but maybe they're fine in the teenage section. The library's going to make that call. I guess my question is: How likely is it that books that maybe deal with human sexuality that they wind up around kids who are five or six years old?
1: Well, Steve, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, and and this is this is again one of the things that is problematic, in, in the way that this is all written. So, um, you, know, I'm, I'm sure the listeners, and I'm sure you've been to many libraries in your life. You know that there's the ranges of shelves. There are the tables that are there. Somebody takes a book off of the shelf and decides. I've decided I don't want this and just set it down at the nearest table. And and then at that point, have, is there a book now that is exposed to children that appeals to their Purian interest? And to Karen's point, what is a Purian interest? Now, you know, this is just my little aside that I always enjoy. But I remember back in third grade when all the third grade boys in, in my third grade class discovered National Geographic. And clearly, National Geographic magazine was not published to appeal to a purian interest. It was not bought to appeal to a purian interest, but it certainly did among third grade boys. And in Mm. fact, what doesn't appeal to a purian interest among third grade boys? So to that point, how do you how do you make that definition and how do you figure that out? Well, Stephen, he defines it it as
2: material that is erotic, salacious or pornographic. Those are his words.
1: Sure. And and so how do you define that? I mean, I've I've had people tell me that that the, that a book that dealt, that was you know an extremely violent book was obscene. And so therefore should be because the amount of violence in it is obscene. Well, it's not obscene, not not according to the legal definitions of obscenity, but but based on just basic uh, shorthand, it is. And that's where we're getting. I mean, it's one person's value versus another. I think the other issue that you run into here is I believe that he's conflating arguments that have been made successfully, uh, much to my disappointment, in school libraries where you are dealing with minors and you are dealing with situations where there is in loco parentis um, amongst staff and, and the users. And public libraries, which, as Karen mentioned, serve cradle to grave and and are there to not only provide a mirror as to your own life, but a window into other people's lives. I mean, that's what right. I mean, the a good library is going to do that and allow people to walk a mile in someone else's shoes through literature and so that they can understand and have empathy. And and so, I mean, all of this, it may seem like you know, that, that we may be over exaggerating a slippery slope. But again, you're talking about the core of the freedom to read, right. and the core of freedom of access. And when you're doing that, you really are affecting um, what librarianship and, and I would argue what, uh, you know, a, a democratic republic is all about. You
2: no, know, Karen, the secretary uh, says the proposal calls for libraries to have procedures for the public to challenge a library district's determination of what is age appropriate. If I'm hearing you guys right, you're saying you have those procedures in place. Still, Ashcroft said it does not take away a library's authority over its collections. Can both those things be true?
3: I don't see how. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just—it makes no sense. Libraries have, for a hundred years or more, had these policies in place. Uh, certainly, throughout my career, uh, they were always there, and they were there for me to uh, receive whenever I took over the libraries that I worked at. Uh, you know, we're—we are good at recognizing that our communities are diverse. We're good at recognizing what our communities are interested in and who represents our community, because we see all kinds of people coming into the library, and that's who we want to serve.
2: Hmm. Stephen, at the end of the day, how big of a threat is this to libraries around the state? I mean, if the state librarian who works under the secretary, under Secretary Ashcroft, if the librarian can cut off funding, how much money would we be talking about to any individual uh, system or any individual library district?
1: You know, it, it's almost a reverse sliding scale. So when you're dealing with a library like Mid-Continent, if I remember correctly, and, you know, because I'm retired, I, I tend to, you know, read other things other than library budgets these days. But as I remember, I, I think mid state aid was around uh, $300,000 out of about a $60 million budget ballpark. Um, and, and But, um, you know, some of the things that Mid-Continent did during the pandemic, like get mobile Wi-Fi devices and things like that because mid-continent would not be eligible uh, for state aid and grants, they wouldn't have been eligible for those state aid and grant programs. So all of that additional help that came during the pandemic would be ineligible. But when you get to smaller libraries, and Karen may be able to talk a little bit more about that. Um, in fact, I, we should just let Karen talk a little bit more about the impact on a smaller library in Missouri.
2: What would that be, Karen? Karen,
3: well, for my library system, uh, which covers two counties, that was, uh, at last count, about $50,000 a year. Uh, I used to be the library director in Livingston County, which is in Chillicothe. And um, I believe whenever I left there, which has been 17 years ago, it's about $10,000. But it, it's, it's also relative to your budget. Sure. Um, you know, mid, excuse me, <laughs> uh, trails. Uh, we receive $50,000 in state aid on a uh, $3 million budget. And Chillicothe would have received about $10,000 on a million dollar budget. Hmm. So it's not a significant portion of the budget because libraries are, are funded locally uh, through property taxes. Right. So there's not so much uh, of the state aid, but it's the, the additional things that state aid brings. So many of the smaller libraries that is an important amount of money uh, to help pay for the collection itself.
0: That was Steve Kraske on KCUR's UpToDate, talking with Steve Potter, the retired director of Mid-Continent Public Library, and Karen Hicklin, former director of the Trails Regional Library. A 30-day window for public input on the Secretary of State's proposal runs through Wednesday the 14th. You can file a statement of opposition or support with the Secretary of State's office by email or post. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Zach Wilson. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To hear more on Steve's conversation with two librarians, visit kcur.org, where you can also find all kinds of news coverage from Kansas City's NPR station. Nominu Giadine will be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening.